Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Blake, uh, who is the former graphic designer um, and current social media manager of Meme Insider Magazine. Welcome, Blake. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so what does that all mean? What is Meme Insider? Yeah, um, so what we do, it's it's a couple of things. Primarily, though, it's a uh, magazine that we run um, monthly, and we sort of put together all of the biggest things that happened that month and write on uh, meme stories, do some analysis, look at what's trending, what stopped trending. And uh, it's up to our readers how satirical or serious we are. So that's that in a nutshell. And what do you mean by analysis? Like, how can you analyze a meme? I mean, memes can be pretty surface level things, but now you're saying analysis, like there's something deeper in them. Yeah, I guess you could come at it. We let our writers go from whatever angle they want to. So I'm trying to think. Usually we try and stay out of politics. But for example, let's say you want to look at uh, Pepe the Frog or something, and you can look at the different political groups he's been associated with it. So you can analyze it through that lens. Or maybe you just want to run people up to speed on uh, the certain history of something. We, I don't know. There's so many lenses you can tackle a different meme from. And I, I would like to think we cover a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a place for Meme Insider because memes have become such a prominent part of not just internet culture, I think, I just, just culture in general. And um, I think there's a place for uh, a group that analyzes them, uh, whether seriously or not. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that at least somebody thinks that we're necessary. That's That's good. That's different than what we usually hear. Yeah, I mean, you guys are true capitalists. You know, you fill a niche <laughs> in the market. Um, sure. And so how was Meme Insider first started? Um, and what was your role in its inception? So Meme Insider was first started by this guy who, at least on Reddit, goes by the name Digital Orange. And he was posting to the Meme Economy subreddit, which already existed, where the gist of that, if people aren't familiar, I guess, is... Um, people would treat different meme formats like it was the stock market. So if one is getting popular, invest. If, you know, if it's falling, sell. Um, and he posted just a mock-up Photoshop cover of what he called Meme Insider. Didn't intend. He just intended it as a joke. Um, but then all of the comments were people being like, oh, I would read this if this was real. Like, can people please make this real? And so then he put like a comment on it that's like, oh, if you want to help me try and make an issue, uh, like send me a message here. And at the time I had some free time and I was just, I love designing stuff. So I reached out to him and was just lucky enough to be one of the first people to um, start working on designs for that first issue. Um, it was a really small team then, maybe like 10 people, but we ended up getting an issue out in a month. And then from there, uh, just because running a magazine, especially when you don't really get paid, it's just a passion project. That's tough. Um, so he, stepped down because he wanted to do other things and he actually went on to create garlic coin if you've ever heard of that cryptocurrency it's like a uh, joke but it's I've, I've, read, on, I've, I've seen it but it's based yeah, on garlic it? bread so then that's what he went to do after that and then he had um, a guy named Luke take his place and then he was running it for a while and we kept growing the team but then again it was a lot of time and sort of a uh, pressure on Luke and then he ended up getting a job with uh, working with Philip DeFranco on YouTube and so then he felt like he had to step down, but then he made a really smart decision of splitting the 
sort of people that run the magazine into three different parts. And so he split it into somebody who sort of ran like the managerial stuff, just making sure everyone on the team was showing up and that uh, because we actually ship physical copies that somebody is looking at our money and making sure we weren't running into debt or something. Then there was the uh, design position, which I ended up filling. And um, then there's also a writer in chief. So it's the three of us. And now we've extended it. Um, I've changed to the social media role. We brought on a guy named Ben, who's a really great designer. And then we have another person, like two people now that sort of run writing together. So that's sort of a brief history of Meme Insider. And then of course we also have like Instagram and YouTube. And so we do more things than just the magazine now, but the magazine is definitely where most of our work goes towards. Yeah, I mean, so this simple Reddit post turned into like a pretty sophisticated organization. Uh, like just coming off this one little meme subreddit. Well, it's not little, it's got you know, well over a million um, subscribers. Um, but like, what do you think it is about the meme economy uh, community in general that may like, you know, that, that I think that kind of situation happens all the time where somebody will post a shirt of something in a community or, or some kind of like physical manifestation of whatever the community is about. And then people will say, oh, I'd buy this. Is this real? Is this real? But they never actually go through with it. Mm -hmm. What about the meme economy subreddit made it so like a group of people with a bunch of different talents came together and made this into a real thing? I think it's because if you're browsing regularly a subreddit called meme economy, you probably have a bunch of free time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that was probably a big, uh, a big factor. Um, honestly, <laughs> kind of a miracle that we came together in the first place. I don't know what it was that attracted a bunch of people to it. I just think at the time I thought it was funny and it kind of seemed exciting because um, I don't know. No, it's not like we were, we don't take ourselves super seriously, but when you see like memes covered in the news, it's really bad. So the idea yeah. of um, actually trying to cover them well or trying to cover them in a way that people that actually browse this kind of stuff could handle, that seemed fun. And um, yeah, I think, I think a big part of it too is I just thought the idea was funny. I know a bunch of our staff, like we're mostly just making ourselves laugh. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's part of it. And it's, it is kind of incredible how many actually talented people we've been able to find and do mostly volunteer work. Yeah. Um, and here oh okay yeah it, it just turned off a little bit um and so I, i'm just curious like it's me it's meme insider and you know if you look at your instagram account and um the nasdaq which is a me was a meme uh stock exchange that we'll talk about in a little bit there's a clear finance theme here uh where does that come from and did, does anybody on the team have mm -hmm. any kind of background in finance that's kind of funny. A lot of people don't outside of just like Robin hood. So most of it is yeah. honestly based on like a very basic understanding of what the stock market is. Um, it's mostly for the joke. Um, I think um, for the NASDAQ, um, which doesn't, it was like in development doesn't, that doesn't exist in that form now. Um, yeah. So explain like what that is. And because that so came up at the same time. Yeah, so it was sort of a parallel um, effort with a handful of the same people working on it where they wanted to make almost like a 
sort of a game that would actually track somehow like an algorithm that would track how popular a meme is and you could accrue points. And a version of that did come out and I think might still be running on the meme economy subreddit, but in a different form. Um, yeah, a bunch of weird stuff happened. I think there is even like the NASDAQ itself reached out and was like, hey, you can't use that name. So they had to change the name. I think the team has changed a bunch. Um, so I think the act like an actual working, working um, like meme stock market. Uh, there's a website now called meme.market. I think it's like kind of existing and still kind of on that track. But the funny thing is, is what our magazine covers doesn't technically exist in like a tangible way yet. We're more just covering uh, trends and using some, I don't know, trading terminology just to make it extra spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the meme community in general, like, you know, irony is, something funny wrapped in something that's kind of supposed to be serious. Right. And that's just like the entire, the entire point of all of this. I feel like that, that uh, so, and NASDAQ and meme insider are two very um, good examples of that. Um, but I mean the NASDAQ just doing my research, it got covered. Meme insider got covered by, you know, the media, traditional media as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like NASDAQ did even more. I mean, there was articles from The Verge, mm-hmm. Vice, and CNET, and all these th- all these things. What was it like, you know, even if you weren't on the team, what was it like for the subreddit getting that media onslaught um, and seeing the content that you helped put together in, the, yeah. in these articles? It's definitely kind of fun. It feels like what you're doing is actually real. I don't know when you're talking to those people and you sort of feel like you're having your little moment uh, at the same time though, it is kind of worrying. Cause you're like, will this bring on, uh, will this bring people to the subreddit who will like uh, sort of like weigh it down or will this bring like crazy people to start following our stuff? Um, so there's, I don't know there's sort of good and bad that comes with it. And man, it, it seems like it's been a while since we've been covered or cited in a, like mainstream media post, it's, it's definitely an interesting experience. And I'd, I'd say there's ups and downs. I'm trying to think if there's a more concrete answer I can kind of give to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it yeah. is kind of surreal. I'd say it's fun overall though. Yeah. I feel like just in any subreddit, if the content like wall street bets, I don't know if you're familiar, uh, you know, just at any point when, this kind of seemingly niche community gets attention on, you know, like you said, mainstream media just, just feels weird. Cause it's like, feels like, feels like something small, but mm-hmm. yeah. And it gets reported on and it becomes something bigger. Um, so yeah, like you said, I mean, that was crazy. The NASDAQ company itself uh, threatened to sue for the name of that, of, uh, of the NASDAQ, meme. which is sad because that feels like it was a name that was meant to be, I think now it's memes.market. Um, yeah. that is essentially doing the same thing, but the NASDAQ rest in peace. That was, that was meant to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, it had the ring to it. It had the ring, you know, even if you don't, if you, even if you aren't into stocks, you've heard of the NASDAQ. I mean, yeah. so the NASDAQ that really worked well, but, Hopefully it still comes to fruition in a, in the form it was intended to. Um, but you know, while the NASDAQ 
you know, hit a ton of speed bumps. I mean, who knows at what the point it is now? Meme meme dot market. Um, meme insider is still going strong for four years straight. Um, I just want to know, like, you talked about it a little bit earlier about the different writers and things. What research goes into each edition and each Instagram post post and each piece of content? Because, you know, the last edition, Karen's Rise Up was the cover story, had twenty contributors on it. I mean. The NASDAQ has companies that have less than 20 employees, you know? So like what goes into each piece of content? Yeah. So let's see, I can probably speak most concretely towards what we do on Instagram, just cause that's what I help run the most. And for that, um, we have a team of five people. One of them, um, runs his own sort of large meme account. So he's sort of clued into what's going over there. Um, we also try and like, obviously we're not just trying to look at Reddit. We want to look at Instagram and 4chan, even though 4chan memes are much less frequent, but more sort of longstanding when they do come about. Mm -hmm. We're looking at Facebook and Twitter and all these things. And if you've ever seen our Instagram, it's sort of like a, uh, um, like buy and sell recommendations for different either topics or formats. Um, and it's not super scientific the way we do it, but we have, um, five people some of them are just uh, actually most of them are just staff from the magazine like i said one of our writers who runs a big meme page uh, is on there and then there's me who's usually like designing the stuff what we'll do is we'll talk about um what sort of memes are popular at the moment before we even say are they rising or falling and we also recently have partnered with know your meme so we also have their statistics which is helpful and um if something is uh, growing in popularity like super fast in one day will usually uh, put out like a caution post like you know maybe don't invest in this one so fast it may be a flash in the pan if something's been like growing slowly for a month and is starting to uh, shoot up now then we would say you know buy that one or if something feels like it's at the critical mass we'll say sell and if it's um, falling we'll say sell so it's not super scientific but we do have a team of people we're talking with we talk with like know your meme just to see what's happening and then try and make our best estimate for the articles that we write. We have a team at this point of somewhere around like 20 ish writers. Obviously not every writer is there for every month, but generally there's maybe like 10 writers and the process usually goes that we'll have some topics that we really want to cover and they'll we'll almost be like assigned to someone and then the rest are free for alls and it's like the first week is sort of their proposal and what they want to write about and their outline. Then the second week is their first draft and feedback. And we sort of keep working through it and making sure that different people are reading it before it gets put out there. And we sort of leave how they want to research the topic up to them, but we usually want to make sure there is some kind of research. And luckily because we're all interested in memes, if somebody did a bad job with research, we can read it and sort of call each other out. So that sort of works well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel like sometimes you guys would like zoom out on what you're doing. I feel like you can get into what you're doing, which is analyzing memes and they can zoom out and be like, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, talking about know your meme, I know your meme is a pretty well-known website. I've mm -hmm. personally used it for years. If I just want to know where the fuck did this video of this alien dancing come from? Like, <laughs> right. So what, how that part, how does that partnership work? Um, how do they contribute to you and how do you contribute to them? So right now it's definitely in the early stages, but, um, 
they've been able to recently, the biggest thing that we've done is we've been running since 2016 and not until just a few months ago, were we able to pay anyone? Cause we always just broke even using uh, like what, what it costs to print magazines and ship them out. And so now we are actually able to pay our contributors, not like a full salary or anything, but we, I think, I don't know. Yeah. We, we have rates for an article a month and a design a month just to help keep people on board. And so that's their main contribution to us. And they've also been nice enough to sort of advertise us on their website um, and other just like general feedback things for us. I don't think um, meme insider contributes to know your meme a ton right now, but we are also starting to put articles on the know your meme website that we're able to publish faster because with the actual magazine, we have to publish it all in one month. So sometimes something that was relevant a month ago may not be so relevant anymore just because things move so fast. But through Know Your Meme, we're able to put some articles out much more quickly and hopefully bring more people to their website. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I, I remember there were uh, some companies that were trying to sell t-shirts of memes and some of them were pretty uh, successful, I think. I tried to make one myself two years ago um, but it's just so hard because you have to keep making a new design for every meme that comes out and memes right. change by the week. And so that makes sense that, you know, uh, a one once per month edition can uh, be a little behind. Yeah. Um, but like on that, on the business topic, you know, you talk about you were just breaking even, but now you can pay some people. I mean, do you think of bringing any business people onto the team and like, you think at some point in the future, this can be a, a thing that employs people full time? And can that's be like always been really a profitable? goal. Yeah, that's been a goal from the beginning. Um, I don't know how clear our path is to that right now. Um, we definitely have, I don't know, some sort of uh, like long, long term plans for what we want to achieve. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to monetize meme based stuff. And I like to think we keep we hold ourselves to some sort of standard. Like I can't stand, uh, I can't remember. There's like some cards against humanity type game. That's like meme themed. And some of those that just makes my stomach turn within itself. And we definitely don't want to become a product like that, but we are, we do try and look for fun ways to monetize what we do. Um, so that it's still fun to read. And, um, obviously yeah, our, our end goal would be to pay people really what they deserve. Cause right now they're basically paid volunteers and it would be great to, give all these talented people that are forking over their time, some money in return. And I know uh, another big goal of ours would eventually be to sit in some kind of store. We don't know what that would be, but we would love to have physical copies just floating out there in the world. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I mean, I do know some people who have that game. I've played it. <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> it's not, it's not good. It's just what you said. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, go, uh, going back to, um, you know, the process of creating the additions and creating the content. I mean, does it ever get boring for you guys? Memes, you know, it's, you said it's a passion project and you love memes and I love memes. Everybody loves memes. But if you're working on it like that, I mean, some of these articles are pretty long. Mm -hmm. um, can they get boring or can they, can it like ruin the whole, the whole uh, appeal of memes? Yeah. Um, I know there's definitely times where I've even taken breaks before just because it's sometimes it is hard even just to follow all of social media because there are definitely days where I don't I just don't even want to see what people are putting on Twitter because half the time it's so stupid. Um, 
I, w- I would say there's the, I, I'm all, I'm usually having fun and then there's times I don't, but the, when I'm not, the things that always bring me back is that there's really cool opportunities that, um, we get to do just as a function of sort of interacting in this weird meme world. So like one of them recently was, um, the Instagram sort of staff asked some meme pages, including us, if they, we wanted to fly out to a breakfast where we had actually get to talk to the CEO and ask him like off the record questions. And it was a small group of people. And so I got to meet people that run pages that I like. And I also got to shake hands with like the Instagram CEO trying to think we've also gone uh, some people on our team to Reddit headquarters. That was interesting. We got to eat lunch with uh, some of their staff. I got to uh, shake Vsauce's hand a little bit ago. He gave me like a signed poster. Um, And for a while I was even editing for the internet historian on YouTube, if you've ever seen that and uh, got to be in some of his videos on the second channel and I still keep up with him. So it's like anytime that you start to feel bored, one of these crazy opportunities sort of drops on your lap and you get to interact with someone really cool and it invigorates you right again. Yeah, I think that's really awesome because, I mean, for I feel like I feel like those platforms are rewarding um, the amount of effort that really goes into the content that your guys are coming out with. Uh, it's like this is really high effort, high quality content, um, and you, I think the the opportunities are well deserved. I mean, one of your first interviews, it may have been your first, was with the Needle Drop, Anthony Fantano. I mean, he's probably the biggest think, music reviewer yeah, in the world. Yeah, that was our third issue. I think that's the Yeah. Yeah, so like how how did you how did you get him? So that was our third issue. I think there we just migrated our website recently. So the first two originally were just published as PDFs that we hosted on like Imgur. So I think we're still in the process of putting the first two issues back on our website. But yeah, the first so that was our third issue. And I think it was honestly, it's just because Anthony was cool. It was like somebody emailed him and he was like, sure. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And that was still when he was running, uh, that is the plan. So his second infamous second channel. And so it was honestly, we just, we reached out to tons and tons of people and we were just lucky enough to score one. And then that was really fun. That was like, um, one of the first sort of, uh, I guess like, (laughs) I don't know what you call them, like e-celebs that I got to interact with even if it was just over text, it was really fun. And the fun thing about interviews too is, um, I don't know, I've, I haven't really gone to too many conventions and stuff, but when you do meet someone that you're like a big fan of, sometimes it can be weird coming to them as a fan. But when you're doing an interview, you're looking at each other more as peers and that's just a wild experience and it's really fun, even if it's short-lived. Um, but yeah, the Anthony, the Anthony um, interview definitely helped us out a lot in the early days and two because once you have him interviewing with us then we can approach the next person and be like here's this interview we just did with anthony fantano and they go oh i know who that is and oh that was a good interview sure i'll do one so it helped sort of get the snowball rolling bigger yeah that's that that must be a huge perk i mean um yeah that that's that's really cool i mean he you know even though he's a music reviewer I mean, he certainly isn't afraid to dip his toes into other other scenarios like, uh, you know, politics and, of course, memes um, until that account got shut down. <laughs> um, and I want to ask the same with you guys. Like, 
for the future, you say you, you know, you want to maybe become profitable, monetize, pay people a full salary. Are you, I mean, the, the, the audience that this magazine pertains to, I feel is a very specific group. I mean, it's big meme economy, the subreddit has over a million followers, but would you ever consider trying to reel in some other groups across the internet, um, try and make, make it a little more accessible? Yeah, for sure. That's been one of our goals since the beginning. So really once we started with a group of mostly people from Reddit, something we realized is, okay, we have to get people outside of Reddit because this will just be cringe if it's just people talking about Reddit all day. So that's why we started bringing in people from Instagram. Even that was, I feel like Instagram has sort of shifted in how people talk about it before it was sort of like the lame little brother. And now it's like the cool, I don't know, the cool, cooler place to be than a Reddit at least. Um, so we brought on people from Instagram, um, brought some people on from Twitter. Um, and yeah, most of what we do is we just try and get on those different platforms and attract people um, that have different sort of views than just the group that we started out with. Um, so I'd say right now we definitely have, a, as far as platforms go, a pretty diverse range of people. And we have like people from all over the world, which is pretty cool too. So that's not just like, American Redditors talking about themselves all day, which is, uh, which is nice. And hopefully we can keep bringing in more people from more little corners of the internet. I know one of the guys, uh, helps, um, I think he's an admin on funnyjunk.com, which even though that's an old website, it, it's still somewhat active. And so we get to have some funny junk perspective too. I don't know. We want, we want perspective from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and you know, on that, on that note, I mean, funnyjunk.com, that is an old website. Um, are you afraid that maybe bringing in some kind of content like that could, I don't know, normify the, the magazine and the aesthetic? The funny thing about funny junk is I don't go on there much, but from what I've seen, it's almost like because it has such just a small group of people that it is, I wouldn't call them normie. It's not like going on Facebook. It's like kind of just these weird people that got left behind, but they're still just in their little group keeping up. Um, yeah, I, I think there have been times where we've covered like Facebook memes where there is like Facebook added like some new GIF that became really popular, but only just on Facebook. And we felt like we should cover it. But I know, um, yeah, there's sometimes that we worried like our, is what we're covering not interesting enough to the, I don't know, people that are browsing memes every day. I think, um, it's, it's easy not to get too worried though, because the more stuff we cover, if you're just covering everything, it's hard for someone to be like, well, then why did you cover this? If you are just sort of covering everything, like if we yeah. only covered, I don't know, what's, what do people consider like the most, <laughs> I don't know, cutting edge meme place now. I don't even know. Like I know 4chan is typically what people say, but um, I go on 4chan every once in a while there they're pretty much just like everyone else just with the more edgy words being thrown around. But let, for example, let's say that we only covered 4chan and then every once in a while we would cover a Facebook meme, then our audience would probably get mad. But because we try and cover stuff from everywhere, I think it's harder for people to get mad at us just if we keep a wide range of stuff we want to talk about. You know, I felt like going into this interview, it would be the opposite. I felt <laughs> like your original meme academy subreddit audience would really hate it hate you guys going into other kinds of memes um 
I mean, but it seems to be the opposite. Like people like it when you expand a little bit. Yeah. And we asked, we used to run off of Patreon, but then we moved um, to our own website that we built where people can, if they, the magazine is free online, but if you want a physical copy, obviously you have to pay for that. And so we're able to talk to, we still like kind of call them our patrons, even though we're not on Patreon. And we always want to ask where they come from. And like I like in the very beginning, it used to be mostly people from Reddit that found us, but now it's from all over, especially um, like internet historian on YouTube and Emperor Lemon and have helped a lot. Our Instagram account is technically our social media account with the most following. So you get people from there. You interviewed voiceover Pete and that's what started people actually following our Instagram account. Um, for we were post, we had an Instagram account forever and we didn't use it. Then we started using it a little bit and we maybe built up to like 2000 followers. And then we were able to land the voiceover Pete interview and he posted about us on his Instagram. And it was like, we went from 2000 followers the next day to 10,000. Then the next week it was like 20,000. And then it just kept growing and growing. And now it's funny. We've been stuck at 50,000 for a while. And that's one of the things we were talking to the Instagram staff about, um, like, wow, why have we been stuck at this number? What can we do to grow? But I had to sign an NDA, so I can't tell you what their answer was, but it wasn't <laughs> super interesting. <laughs> an NDA? I mean, this stuff is getting serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you guys have a, uh, like, I mean, that very specific group of people who care about memes enough um, where they will follow an account and in a publication that goes in depth into them. Yeah. Um, and it's a really highly engaged, uh, highly engaged group. So <laughs> very opinionated like, group. They like to disagree with us a lot, but that's fine. I don't care being disagreed with. Yeah. It's more interesting I, I saw, than everybody agreeing. Yeah. I saw, um, one of the comments on your most recent post. <laughs> I mean, some people are like, I saw one comment. It was like, you know, you're right when you invest in X meme before meme insider tells you, it tells you to buy. But then there'll be some other people who are like, every yeah, like, single one of your buys are like garbage. <laughs> Although, yeah, it's funny. I read all the comments. I, I like, I know some people that have followings are like, oh, I don't read the comments. I read like every single one. And yeah. um, the one dude that was like, oh, all your recent buys have been flops. I like actually went through and scrolled through all of them and they were all like pretty big and we reported on yeah. them pretty early. So I'm like, maybe if you went for our cells, I would, I would agree with you. But the bias, that was a weird attack from whatever that dude's username was. <laughs> yeah, I looked I looked through and they were I mean, yeah, you guys you guys are pretty accurate. I mean, you, you said you have a guy with a meme page. Um, I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily we uh, this is actually kind of interesting. Back in back when we first started, there were people that tried to compete with us. And there's been some other sort of like meme insider ripoffs. And I've always wanted one of them to succeed so that we could have a like competitor and a rival to bet against, but they always fail. I'm, I'm kind of sad. We're the only people doing what we do. Yeah. I don't know. That would be pretty funny. Even our audience is sort of all over the place. And the funny thing is one of our goals that we've been trying to work on for a while, and this is sort of something I've got to figure out mostly is how to bring all of our different audiences more in the same place because we have about 50,000 people on Instagram and I bet you probably 90% of them don't even know we run a magazine, even though we advertise it on there or that we have a YouTube channel. I think we have like 35,000 people on our YouTube channel. 
some of our videos have millions of views, but I think a lot of those people don't know about our Instagram. And then, so we have, it's almost like we have a bunch of different audiences right now. And our core is maybe like 30 or so people that actually buy the magazine every month. But there's the thousands of people out there that almost don't know about each other. So that's something I've still got to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. That that must be tough. And I mean, I'm just thinking like the sheer length of how long this has been a thing without being profitable. I mean, it's been four years. Do you attribute that to just like being, you know, having a big team? So, you know, uh, a portion of the team maybe slacks off a little bit, then the other portion can step up and provide some content or do you think it's just everybody has that intrinsic uh, motivation to just keep it going? I think it's a bit of both. We definitely do have more people than we need for every month, which helps a ton because there's some people that are there every month, but there's a lot of people who will like disappear for three months. And then we finally find them again. That's becoming rarer now that we pay people, but um, that definitely helps a bunch. Um, the kind of person that would volunteer in the first place to come write or design or do anything for Meme Insider has to be, I think, kind of a self-driven person because we tell, or we used to tell them up front, like we don't have enough money to pay people. You'll just be doing this because you want to. So you get the kind of person who will do something just because they love it. Um, I'm trying to think, um, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on, but it's escaping me. But yeah, I would say it's because we have, we attract the kind of person to begin with that wants to work on stuff. And we have a pretty, um, big group of volunteers. I think there's maybe 35 people on our team total. Oh yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, we've structured the team. So like I said, there's sort of five of us that um, try and make sure things keep running. But as you go up the sort of chain, um, those people have accepted, like if everyone bails, then the buck stops with us and we just have to put in the extra work. So our new designer, Ben, it's hard to find people. Lots of people know Photoshop and can illustrate. So lots of people can design. What's hard is what we use is a program called Adobe InDesign. And there's not a lot of people that know that. So there's been months where a designer or two, they might be sick or like some, one of them just had like a baby or something. And then Ben had to design the entire art or he he maybe had illustrations, but he had to do the whole layout of the entire magazine himself. Wow. Um, So I think that's the final part is the directors and leads of certain teams are they're definitely the kind of people who are willing to step up and even pick up other people's slack, even if it's like they have to do everything for an issue, which hope or luckily doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, having a good team, uh, I mean, excuse me, a big, a big team and a good team definitely has its benefits. Um, So would you describe it as like, you know, either you guys got a solid team 20, 30 people, um, maybe some people shuffle in and out each month, whatever, um, because they have stuff. Or is it like a constant demand of people wanting to join? Um, and like, there's a wait list to, like, to get on the team. There's like, definitely how- not a wait list. What we do is we do do an interview process just because if we had like a really disruptive person on the team that could like sink us really hard. And luckily that hasn't really happened yet. Um, there are definitely people that come and go and some people are really excited and then they join. And after two months they realize, Oh, this isn't for me. Like this is too much work. So there are definitely people that leave. Um, 
and some teams kind of shrink and grow by a little bit, but we have that, we do have sort of a core team of people that have been there since issue one or two, just like me. And we just want to see this thing keep moving just because like I said, we love it and it makes us laugh. So um, yeah, I think between that sort of core people and just the fact, yeah, we do have new people that come old people that go, but it's able to sort of keep things stable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so would you describe the the group as like a tight knit kind of thing where you guys keep in contact all the time? Like, have you guys ever met up in person or is it just a strictly online thing? Like what are the dynamics of the group? Um, Because the group is big, obviously there's a lot of people that, um, haven't like met in person. I've met, um, I'm trying to think. So there's five directors I've met. I guess I've only met, wait. Yeah. I've only met two of them in person. The other two, um, are on the opposite side of the country. So I've met two of them at like, or I met one of them when I went to Reddit and then the other one was coming out for a design conference and happened to be in my backyard and I live in California. So it, uh, it just kind of worked out. Um, I would say it depends on what part of the team you're on. Uh, like the directors, we talk every day. Um, the, if we also, we, um, at least right now run on discord because that's the freest way for us to organize ourselves. Um, and so we have different channels laid out and I would say the writers are probably talking once or twice a week just with each other. And, um, the designers will talk with each other. The thing that will happen is like, maybe the designers won't talk too much to the writers and vice versa. Um, but then we have like general channels and we'll just mess around too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I I trust all these people. I'm not opposed to meeting any of them in person. I've met some of them in person, but it mostly stays online. Then I would say it like depends what part of the team you're on, uh, to see how much you are talking to other people. Uh, yeah, um, for sure. And, you know, I feel like there can be, uh, I feel like, um, like, I'm just wondering how has quarantine affected this whole thing? Cause I mean, obviously you probably haven't met any, uh, any of those people in person, but everybody's stuck at home now. Mm-hmm. Um, has that affected demand? Has it affected the amount of time people are willing to put into this? Um, Honestly, do you think it's good or bad for the company in the short term, at least? Or the in the short term, honestly, I haven't noticed any difference because from the very beginning, we've been organized completely online. Like I said, all over the country, all over the world. Um, so in the short term, we haven't seen like um, any more people join or leave the team than usual. We haven't seen more people buy the magazine. Um, and as far as like time goes, Luckily, I think it's around people at at this point, if you've been on the team, you know what to expect every month. Um, So it's not like you'll be spending more or less time, really. Um, So luckily, coronavirus hasn't really affected us at all. Like I know my my actual job, like it affects that a ton. Luckily, I'm able to work from home. But yeah, this whole thing is almost like perfectly built to be stuck inside at home. (laughs) That's sort of how we've been from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, going back to your point earlier, it's probably what uh, meme, meme economy redditors do in the first place, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. Yeah. I've been thriving this whole time. Baby. Exactly. Um, well, listen, meme meme insider is a sight to behold. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, 
six years ago, something like this probably be pretty ridiculous, but you know, you guys have a huge, pretty big following um, and you keep growing. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm uh, glad you're a fan and it's, it's so fun to run. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just happy that the thing exists. Yeah. Well, me too. Me too. Um, I actually hadn't, I, I'm a big fan of the, of the Instagram account that I've been following it for <laughs> years. Um, yeah, just out of curiosity, sorry, before, I don't mean to cut you off, but is that how you found us or did, how did you find us? Cause I'm always curious just because like I said, we have all these sort of disparate branches. Yeah. Instagram. Um, cool. I, I, I'm on Reddit as well and I I'm subscribed to the meme economy subreddit, but I haven't been for, you know, I, I wasn't in like 2016. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even browse that subreddit much anymore. <laughs> Oh really? I, yeah, keep yeah. I keep referring like to it like like they're the same like meme economy and meme uh, insider are like the same yeah. thing. It it did definitely birth out of there, and we still post our stuff to there, so it is linked. But yeah, it's just been a while since I've like just looked at it for a day or something. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm on Reddit, but I found I found you guys on uh, Instagram, and you know I I'm interested in this like the actual stock market, so mm-hmm. I just think it's funny seeing like you know, the actual things these analysts on Wall Street say, and then you guys like mimic it with these memes. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I've had to look at like encyclop or like uh, trading encyclopedias because I'm like, uh, I took like economics in high school or whatever. <laughs> and I like know what the Robin Hood app is, but I, I'm always looking for like terms for, I don't know. I, I think it's funny to describe stuff as accurately and specifically as possible. Um, but yeah, yeah, I honestly... I don't like invest in much. I don't trust myself with my money disappearing like that. I'll invest in memes, but real money scares me. I don't blame you because a lot of young people now are using Robin Hood and just throwing their mommy and daddy's mommy money away. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, that seems to be, have been a, a theme during quarantine thus far. Um, but yeah, Blake, thanks for coming on. Um, this was really interesting.